Well, you hear that, and of course, that can only mean one thing, that we are making financial sense with Merle Kelch here on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com. It is 8.06, so we are on our way to a daytime high of 79, a great weekend to get outside and enjoy many of the events that are returning to the central Wisconsin area. Of course, the inaugural Taste and Glow Balloon Festival has been going on this weekend. As I was driving into the office this morning, I saw the... Uh, tents and the chalk artists beginning to stake their uh, spot for the downtown chalk fest to fill the 400 block this weekend. And uh, probably the biggest of them all this weekend is the Hodag Country Music Festival in Rhinelander. And of course, if it's Hodag weekend, that means Merle Kelch is on the road enjoying Hodag weekend. And he joins us live on the phone right now. Of course, uh, Merle. Good morning. Uh, first off, I have to ask, how was Travis Tritt last night? You know, Travis Tritt was actually on Thursday. Or Thursday, yes. Absolutely phenomenal. It was nice to see him out and about. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a nut about music, so I like to see all the equipment, so I can try to get the seats if I can um, next to the stage. And it was just great seeing him. He, you know, looked uh, great and spry. And last night was Brett Eldridge. And I'll tell you what. Um, he uh, he just kicked the house down. It was wonderful, great band, great music. What a, a great time was here. And I tell you what, this Ashley McBride is a new person coming up. She's mm-hmm. got one heck of a voice and a great band behind her too. So it was a great time. So we're sitting here, you know, with the the beautiful part of technology. Um, we are sitting here in the campground in the overflow uh, at Hodeg inside of my camper and uh, doing the show. So what a cool thing being able to do this stuff live. Yeah, and, uh, remotely. Exactly. And of course, uh, if uh, Merle is uh, on the phone, but we do have the capabilities of uh, taking uh, phone calls as well through the miracle of all this technology, a phone box, which uh, to some may you may actually surprise them how old it is. Uh, you can give us a call here at 715-845-2155 if you do have a question uh, for Merle, he will uh, he will do his best to to, to point you in the right direction. But you know, first, uh, what we wanted to, uh, to uh, chat about as we begin making financial sense here on WSAU, uh, this was a, a pretty volatile week uh, for the stock market. And as I'm taking a look at Money Watch right now, uh, there's still that uh, there's still that word out there that's uh, probably making uh, many investors gun shy, and that is inflation. Of course, there's been a lot of concern about that uh, with the amount of money that the government has been pumping into the economy. Many people have said that that's going to make prices go up. It's made some consumer prices go up considerably as well. Some of those are stabilizing, but there is still that concern out there that's been uh, creating some volatility in the markets. Well, you know, we kind of had, and this is uh, partially through an article by William Watts uh, that's out there, and... uh, um, through there, we kind of got hit with three different things that popped up, and it kind of made the, the marketplace say, well, if inflation is a problem, um, are we going to have any growth prospects? And it kind of popped up in a few different places. First of all, um, you know, it's believed that the Fed is now going to be less tolerant of letting the economy overheat, which means they're going to start back, slow down some and tapering, they're calling it, slow down their purchases of bonds that they've been doing. And they purchase slow some of that down, perhaps even in interest rate increases with inflation. So that tends to be the case. And looking at their minutes, well, that means we're not going to have uh, such low interest rates in that whole bit. So that's one thing that spooked the marketplace. The second thing is that popped up this past Thursday is that, you know, if we look at what's happening around the world, maybe the market's not growing as much as it, uh, uh, we think it's going to be, um, especially if we have uh, the third thing, uh, more COVID variants coming up. For example, 
um, Tokyo is not going to have any um, spectators for the the Olympics coming up. But we think about that and say, well, that doesn't really you know, matter much, so we don't have any spectators. Um, but what happens in here, Mike, is just the ticket sales alone is $800 million of loss to uh, the Olympics. So now you take that $800 million and you multiply it by the hotel room, by the hot dogs or whatever that they're eating over there during the Olympics and the food and the drinks and the beverages. Um, that could literally uh, go into the, the multi-billion dollars worth of loss all because of a fear of the COVID variants. And I'm not saying that the fear is bona fide or not, so let's not go down that path. But And so then it kind of made people say, well, geez, uh, if inflation goes up, is there really going to be growth? And we saw the, the market just uh, tank. In fact, my phone was going off at about 5 in the morning, sending me alarms that the market was going to open at 580 down. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So I actually woke up in the morning and said, geez, what's going on with the marketplace trying to figure out what's going on? And so then we turned, saw the market turn around on Friday and say, you know what? Hey, we're, we, I think we're going to be okay. So the market comes back and we end up with our third weekly positive gain because the market came back so strong on Friday. So that whipsaw happens sometimes and, and uh, that's exactly what occurred. So everything else falls into that over the course of the last few days. You know, and Merle, you talk about market volatility like this. Uh, we It seems like, again, week after week, we've been saying, okay, this was a record high today. This was a record high today. So we we keep resetting that bar. But there's one thing I wanted to ask you about that. There's what's known as a, as a dead cat bounce in the markets, mm-hmm. which means that the markets went down the next day and they went up the next day because that's the only place it can go. It went down so far. That's not sustained. So these records that we have been setting right now, if if these are not sustainable, what is that going to mean then for uh, for people like you or for people like me that have money in the markets going forward? Sure. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. A little bit of a cold this past week. A real one. Not even He's caught COVID, the hoedag uh, flu. Yeah. Not even, uh, well, before he even got here. Jeez, <laughs> I can't even give it that. You know, so in here, the, the, of course, the, uh, the dead cat bounce. If you don't know that one, here's a little bit of history. And so the, the thing is, if you drop a cat, a dead cat off a building, uh, it bounces, jumps up, bounces a second time. And so they call it a double dip or a dead cat bounce. Not a very sexy name, but hence the reason that they say that. So in, in doing so, then people say, well, geez, are we coming to a dead cat bounce? Is it going to be an issue? And there's, there's no doubt in my mind that we might be kind of peaking on the rise of the marketplace. Um, but we have to look at what's going to happen with the profitability of company coming up. You know, for example... And doing reviews this week, it's it's not very difficult to find, you know, clients that are up between nine to 12, 10, 12 percent this first half of the year. And so the question many people have is, oh, is it going to continue on for the next half of the year? And I, I, I doubt it. You know, if it does, boy, we're all going to run to the bank smiling. Uh, but I doubt it. But I think we should probably add at least a couple more percent. And the reason is, is that I think the growth for the year in the marketplace is already kind of built in now. And so now a lot of people on the wait and see. Saying, oh, okay, now how are the numbers going to pop out? And so the second quarter earnings season is really starting up next week. We'll start to see the announcements of corporations finding out how they did for that second quarter. And, and so from there then becomes the tell, as they say, uh, to tell us how we might be doing for the next quarter and where the market may be going. Remember, largely the market forecast. So um, I still think we see some growth, but we got to get the, the companies, you know, making more widgets and getting that supply chain filled up, the supply chain filled up, which is happening. Um, um, but uh, we need to get that going, get people uh, back to work again. 
Yeah, you, you, you know, if you're ordering some of those big durable goods, if you're getting a, an appliance, a washer, and a dryer, you might need uh, might need, still need to wait a couple weeks for it, but it's certainly not where it was last year at this time. And I can actually attest to that because I ordered a washer and dryer, well, last year at this time, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it took a month before it was in. And, and that's just exactly where we were uh, one year ago with uh, with the COVID-19. Sure. And now, again, you mentioned the variants and concerns over things like that. We are still learning how to live with COVID-19. We don't know if it's going to be an annual COVID-19 vaccination. We won't know any of that until about four or five years from now. Yeah, so it, only time is going to tell. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But the good news is we are certainly in a better spot now than we were uh, last week at this time, no matter what your your politics regarding COVID-19 are. Oh, I mean, certainly from last year, most certainly so. You know, the the work that uh, the, the Trump administration did, and I'm not giving them political accolades here. I'm saying what the Trump administration did in, in getting the vaccine through has made such an enormous difference, not only in the U.S., but globally. Um, you know, I'll have people say, well, geez, they rushed it. Does that make it bad? Well, no, they didn't rush the process. Uh, they just rushed the beginning and the end, and, and uh, that what I thought was pretty brilliant is uh, they thought, well, here's the candidates that we have. Let's buy 100 uh, million doses right off the bat and start getting them made just in case they actually work. So they cut off the beginning and the end that usually occurs inside of the process, but all the trials that they do uh, went on as they normally had to uh, with any other drug. So uh, pretty impressive how that happened, and it's made the difference for us across the world into millions of lives, probably billions of lives, actually. 715-845-2155 is the number. He is Merle Kelch, live from Rhinelander in the Hoday Country Music Festival. We are making financial sense. Merle, we're going to take a quick time out right now, but when we come back again, you are doing touristy things. You are stimulating the economy. You mentioned oh, we're stimulating uh, the... a lot of things right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, the Olympics and, and the impact that that's going to have. We're going to talk more about that coming up here. Uh, in just a bit as well. And, of course, we're going to take your phone calls as well, 715-845-2155 here on WSAU. Listen in. Check that out every weekday morning beginning at 11 a.m. Another guy that I'm going to get out of the way of uh, at the gym, especially if I meet you on, like, the squat rack or something like that, I'm going to back away and say, no, Merle, no, Merle, go ahead. Go ahead. That's yours. Go ahead. Use that for now. He's the, only Kelch. Get, the only reason you'd find me in a squad rack is because for one reason I need a place to sit. <laughs> That's the only reason you'd find me there. <laughs> oh, are you, are you more of a bench press guy? Um, I'm more of a, a lazy boy press guy. Oh, okay, okay. I, I yeah. had you pegged as somebody who would take over the squat rack, but I guess... Well, uh, many, many years ago, uh, I enjoyed going to the gym quite a bit. And uh, now, much to the chagrin of my doctor, I haven't gone along in a long, long time and and uh, I have a I have a body built for radio, and mm-hmm. I'm really good at that part. So, uh, one of these days we'll have to get back and well, uh, uh, hopefully when you're later. when you're when you're spending as much time at the office though as you are, as we're making financial sense here with Merle Kelch on AM five fifty FM ninety nine nine WSAU. I can believe you don't have a a whole lot of time for the gym because as you mentioned earlier, I, your phone's going off uh, all the time uh, with market indicators and things like that that you have to be on top of. You and uh, one of the things that uh, that you said uh, we were going to come back with and talk here on segment two on the show, uh, one one term that I'm not exactly familiar with, yield curve. Uh, give us an yeah. idea of what that is. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mentioned yield curve yesterday to some of my friends out here. that, uh, And uh, they all thought it had something to do with a pretty girl. They, well, no, <laughs> that's not quite what it is. 
So, so one of the, the, the things that was kind of triggering again, you know, part of the stuff that was happening in, in the Fed and that whole bit was, was uh, bond buying. So people started going in buying bonds in a 10-year range, and 15-year range, sort of buying it up, and so it started driving up the yields. So think of it this way. Um, if you want to keep buying something, it drives up the interest rates in the bond marketplace. And so it tends to have it, that shift maybe that there's some money that's out there in cash or perhaps what was in the stock market where we saw a drop down on Thursday, and it goes out looking for safety, and they start buying U.S. Treasuries and starts uh, driving those interest rates up. So you have to be mindful of the uh, yield curve because the yield curve, has a tendency of as a pointing indicator on going towards a recessionary marketplace. And so in theory, if interest rates today are higher than interest rates, say, 10, 15, or even go down as much as 30 years, it indicates most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, every recessionary period of time coming. So as I was sitting here, and I finished up the article this morning, I popped up the, uh, the current live yield curve. Um, and uh, the yield curve as of yesterday... Um, I'm sorry, yeah, yesterday uh, shows very much that we are in a growth pattern, not a recessionary pattern. So um, all that says is the fluctuations we've had inside of the marketplace over the last few days appear to be, at least at this point in time, just that, just fluctuations and some knee-jerk reactions that occurred. The yield curve is still very much intact, uh, pointing to us having some good growth coming up into the uh, next several quarters to come. And I know this is something that a lot of people have have been concerned about, because even, you know, take, for instance, what's happened in the last year or so, the way house prices have been driven up. Okay, you buy a house, you take one off the market that maybe drives up the price of something else because or of some others on the market because there's less inventory to go around and more people looking for that inventory, which, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, drives up prices. So is that kind of a similar comparison there or am I reaching a little bit? Um. Restate the question because you might have something there, please. You, well, you, you know, you, you you're looking at the houses that are on the market. Somebody buys a house, they take that yep. house off the market. Then maybe the other ones on the market are worth a little more because you have a similar amount of people looking for uh, a product that is a little more scarce. Well, you're kind of right. Um, your economics theory is coming right down the thing, and, and uh, Milton Friedman would be happy about you. Are Thank happy you. with you. <laughs> um, so in here, um, um, what's happening with this, and it's not only housing, but housing is one of the easiest ones to see because we're all familiar with housing. You have to have of course. Um, what's happening is you have scarcity of product, and you have um, an extra of cash. And so the whole definition of inflation itself, um, like everybody goes, is too much cash chasing too few goods. So if we take a look at the housing market, a couple things happen. One is, obviously, like everything else, uh, how home builders slow down and you know, with the, the pandemic. Um, we also then started working more from home. And as we're working more from home, people are realizing, you know, we could use that extra room just to have as an office. And now maybe we need to have a place for helping to educate the kids, too. So we might need a bit bigger home. Then you have your normal scrappage. And we had, of course, Texas occurred in there with these snowstorms and the storms that are freezes they had there. So you have all the stuff came together, and with it all coming together, um, we then had um, a shortage of it and many people who had cash out there to um, have it continue to keep moving forward. And so all of that has led to um, that drive up um, in inflation in houses because, again, too few for the cash. 
But we did have a caller on the line there at uh, 715-845-2155 as, as Merle was going through the explanation. Again, we are taking callers here on uh, Making Financial Sense. So if you uh, did happen to uh, to call in and you had a question, uh, feel free to to call back. We'll, we'll get you. We'll, we'll get, get you. you, exactly. But uh, So I had a long-winded answer to what you're saying, mm-hmm. but uh, inflation, again, um, scarcity of product. And with a lot of cash out there chasing it is what creates an inflationary type of an event. Um, and so right now, almost everything becomes essentially scarce in a sense that our product line and supply lines are not quite where they were because of the pandemic. So right down to the washer and dryers you were talking about to just about anything else, if you want to get it uh, order something, you have to wait for it to get here. Um, especially it seems if we have components on the inside, which seems to be just about everything today, uh, that's made in other countries. Because um, not only is the supply chain slow here, um, but the shipping containers and the container ships are uh, not flowing as they were, and those are coming back on again. So all that stuff is making a difference. So I'm guessing that we're still going to have some supply-side issues, including labor supply, um, an issue for the next several months still before that starts settling itself out. And, 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 you know, when you think about it, it is just amazing how this all comes together. From everything from the blockage that we had in the Suez Canal a few weeks ago that, I'm, from what I understand, is just now starting to to clear up and things are starting to flow normally through there to to shipping containers coming into the san diego the west coast area that have been overloaded and we've even had a product get lost and dumped into the ocean and and rendered useless wet that has an impact on the market and the prices that you're paying at uh, at retail as well all of this is just connected well consider it and i don't remember the exact amount but i think i'm pretty sure uh, that ship that's still in the uh, canal, um, uh, oh, geez, Suez Canal? Yes, correct? Suez Canal uh, a few um, weeks ago. I think they estimated somewhere between $1.3 to $1.5 billion worth of materials on that single ship alone. Um, and so that being the case, if you look at all the ships that are going forward. And, and so when everything shut down, a lot of the ships were just sitting there either full, not moving, or just empty someplace. And so the whole... Um, you know, logistics of getting it from one place to another, what they're going to pick up. Everything was just uh, completely um, derailed. Um, A friend of mine who's in this business said, he goes, hey, you know, we have no problems right now getting a hold of containers. Um, He said, uh, I'm sorry, he said the price of containers. I'm sorry. He said, you have no problem getting great price of containers. You can get a container full of stuff shipped from uh, the uh, Mideast to, I'm sorry, not Mideast, from Asia to the United States. You can get it done for four or 5,000 bucks. Fill in whatever you want to. I said, well, where's the issue? He said, you don't have any containers. You can't get any containers to go through and then then find a ship to put them on that. He said, that's a difficulty. So so, um, it's a difficulty. It's not that the containers aren't there. It's just that if you need them in uh, a, the containers are sitting in Australia. Well, how do you get them there? You know, all the ships and everything going to stuff. So it's going to take a while to get this stuff straight out. Absolutely. 715-845-2155 again is the number to call. We do have a caller on the line. Uh, good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Mark sir. Merle. Uh, Steve, long-time listener from over in the Plover area here. Well, mm-hmm. thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. You're one of eight Yeah, uh, that was me earlier, but the, for whatever reason, the line went blank. But... Um, Question, general, just kind of a general question, Merle. You know, you're talking about the shortage of goods in general now, uh, from the backed up from the pandemic. And I have a couple of small, smaller building projects on my property that I would like to get underway. 
but I look at the price of lumber and been pricing things out, and it's just terrible sure. uh, to try sure. to build anything right now. I, I just wonder if you have any general comments on when these kind of general shortages of basic commodities, in this case building materials, might uh, might ease up. Is there any chance of that you happening know, any more this you, year yet? You know, Steve, it's uh, kind of interesting. So I'd appreciate my... your comments, and I'll hang yeah. up and listen. All right. Thank you, Steve. So okay. hitting on something that actually uh, uh, popped up in front of me and is, is dear to my heart because we, too, are waiting on a building project. So we put it off at least for one year because of the price of wood. Now, if we take a look at the price of wood, um, since the its peak in May, and this is wood on the commodity basis, so they're looking at a you know train load of a type of thing. But the the price of it, guys, uh, folks, have, have come down at some uh, rate about fifty percent. I suspect now about three weeks ago it was down forty three percent from its peak in May, and so that wood price is going to you know start getting out to Menards and Home Depot and that whole bit at some point in time. And then over the course of the Fourth of July, we're up in the UP. And uh, in there, there's a hardware store, and I got a kick out of it because they probably had about 40 or 50 two by fours sitting outside, and it said on sale, marked down from 14.99 to 10.99 two by four. I still kind of giggled at 10.99 two by four, but at least it was a pretty good discount, at least by a third. So it's coming. Um, hang in there. Um, but one, as we continue to get it made and fill up the supply chain, um, uh, uh, we'll we'll start to see those prices come down. So hang in there, Steve. It is getting better from what we've seen and from every measure. Um, it's just got to get down to the retail sector, which I think is certainly on its way. He is Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. Have a quick time out here. Check your local and regional news headlines and uh, more of the show coming up after this. Eastern Globe Balloon Festival, Downtown Chalk Fest. So if you are in town for any of those festivals or activities, uh, thank you for joining us here on a Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. I am Mike Leishner, welcoming in again the one and only Merle Kelch. Merle, we mentioned uh, that this is kind of the uh, the first go-round since the pandemic started, and you were just telling me off the air, uh, everybody seems to be pretty happy to be back in that uh, in that uh, group outdoor music setting there at the big family oh, yeah, reunion that yeah. is Hodag. We were talking to a couple of artists last night, and um, and they were saying just how much they just enjoy being be back out in front of a crowd and playing. And um, uh, Ashley McBride yesterday said something that just really kind of struck me. She said, um, you're not here for us. They said, that doesn't make any sense. She said, we're here for you guys. And, uh, you know, the crowd's coming out. We've always wanted to play in front of people. That's what we do as artists. And it's just wonderful. We haven't been able to do it for a long time, so we're here for you. And uh, Brett Aldridge last night about the same thing. And I tell you what, they've all just put on one heck of a show and, and uh, had a blast, and the crowd was just engaging. It was nice to see the artists out there slapping five and signing uh, stuff all over the place and uh, just having fun with the audience. It's just been a blast to uh, to have. I think at one point in time, you had so many artists that just went out there to play and walked off the stage, and certainly not what we've had at this point in time, just very engaging. So it's been really a, a great, great time uh, to see. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. So if you have a question for Merle, feel free to, to call up. And through the miracle of technology, we will get you on the phone with Merrill live so, from uh, Hodeg. Yep. And, uh, Mike, we got a text here in the middle of this. And so okay. one of the beautiful parts about this is uh, um, some people who listen, in fact, this actually comes from Florida, from some friends of mine down there. And uh, they had said, and so uh, thank you, Richie. do appreciate it. One of his friends, uh, Ron, who's also a great friend of ours. 
um, ordered a new UTV in the beginning part of the year, and it's had a five to six month waiting time. Ooh. Uh, just talking about going back to uh, Steve's question as far as uh, supply chain that little bit before he can get his uh, UTV. What I thought was interesting is a few months ago, uh, we got uh, the dealership where I bought my truck from, uh, well, probably about two years ago now, gave us, a, you know, sent me an email and said, you know, we'd have an interest in buying your truck back. We'll give you about this amount of money, which actually would be almost exactly what I paid for the truck two years ago. They wanted to get it for take it for trade-in. And I said, well, geez, I'd certainly have an interest in that. I said, what do you guys have in a lot? And they said, well, nothing. You'd have to order new, and it's going to take two or three months to be able to get it. Well, I bought this truck for pulling campers. What am I supposed to do for the summer? <laughs> right. So, so that didn't work out okay. But, uh, um, uh, you know, we uh, we know people that say we just don't have anything to sell in our lots, you know, just because of uh, the shortage. And, and mainly it's coming because of the chips. Uh, we can't get the chips to make the trucks work. Yeah, exactly. Everything these days has got some sort of a computer chip in it, be that your vehicle, the entertainment center in that, or even just the uh, the engine that, that run, or the computer that runs the engine. And we'll let you know when something's wrong with that check engine light. So there's multiple chips right there uh, okay. in your vehicle. Of course, that thing you're carrying <clears> around <throat> in your pocket all the time, the cell phone, that's got a couple of chips in it. And even these days, as we mentioned earlier, uh, with appliances, uh, in the internet of everything these days, which if, for those of you not familiar with the term, that's items like your refrigerator, maybe your washer or dryer, that robotic vacuum that you have that you can control with your smartphone. That's called the internet of everything these days. It's just a passive thing that you don't use the internet on every day, but it's still connected there for remote access. Those have very specific chips as well. So washers, dryers, uh, dishwasher, refrigerator, that all is backed up again because they can't get the chips to run it. Yeah, right. I mean, right down to our remote thermometers uh, instead of a house and thermostats. You know, same same type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. something popped out this uh, this uh, past um, couple of days that's kind of interesting to me is um, China's just cut its reserve requirements, which would be uh, the amount of capital that a bank needs to have uh, based upon what it's loaning out. Um, just cut its reserve requirements, and unfortunately, the article is not popping up. But uh, they just cut them, and so uh, we look at this, and it, it could be some of that, you know, slowing down from an economic standpoint. Um, are they slowing down? They're trying to get more capital on the way in. So we take a look at that, and we wonder sometimes does that have something to do with them also trying to cut um, the uh, cryptocurrency? Now, <clears throat> long, long ago, this gentleman, who you might know the name of Larry Kudlow, and this is before he was in the White House working with President Trump. Um, had made the statement that um, in China, uh, one of the biggest leaks that they have going out is money leaving China and going someplace else, and then people trying to leave the country and having the money wherever they sent it to. And cryptocurrency really has become that for many people who are wealthy inside of China. Uh, they put that money inside of cryptocurrency and then hide it and then move someplace and have the money sitting inside of cryptocurrency. And that might be a motivation um, in a recent article I read, and I don't have that sitting in front of me, unfortunately, unfortunately laptop stop. Uh, but that uh, could be one of the motivations we're seeing of China cutting back that cryptocurrency, um, you know, Bitcoin and so forth, um, uh, because of that. So the Reserve Bank, is it because they're having a slowing economy? We're not really sure about that. Uh, but they are cutting that reserve requirements, which means that banks can take more of the cash that they have and lend it back out to consumers and businesses. So interesting kind of note to, uh, to look at. And uh, just in discussing your struggles there, Uh, getting your uh, cellular data to work. You may have brought up another point here as we're making financial sense with Merle Kelch on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. 
Again, phone lines are open at 715-845-2155. I am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. Uh, Merle joining us live uh, from the uh, from the scene of Hodag. Uh, Merle, I saw a couple of tweets yesterday from former Wisconsin Rapids Mayor Zach Ruink. He's now the city administrator up there in Rhinelander. He said a lot of people have, and, and now this is a complete first world problem, but they've been noticing that their their cell phone signal, their data is going down from 4G speeds to 3G because there's so many people up there in Rhinelander that are obviously uh, using cellular data in a very condensed or condensed space. We had uh, U.S. Sure. Senator Tammy Baldwin in Wausau yesterday discussing rural broadband access to begin with. So this is obviously something else that has a very deep impact on the economy. And in fact, Tammy Baldwin saying yesterday uh, she wants Internet service to be regulated just like uh, a public utility in the near future, because that is just exactly what it is now. You can't run your business without electricity or natural gas. You also can't run your business without Internet. It's so true. I mean, it's so true. You know, what's, what's interesting is out here, obviously, the reason we're seeing it being so concentrated right now where we are is because of the whole day festival. And so people are waking up and getting on. In fact, yesterday morning I got up and wanted to make sure that I had speed so I could do the radio show from here. Otherwise, I was going to have to drive into uh, into Tomahawk and try to do the show uh, that we're listening to now, obviously, from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we looked at it and said, yeah, it should be good until about 9, 9.30 or so. And here we are at quarter to nine where people are going waking up and checking their emails and their pictures and Facebook and all the stuff from last night. So all that stuff is starting to happen, so slowing us down. Uh, kind of interesting how that happens, uh, obviously, along the way. There's something else that's happened this past week, which I think is kind of interesting, because there's an article from uh, uh, Rashima, <coughs> excuse me, folks, uh, uh, Cappadia. It says some Chinese stocks are starting to bargain and where to look. Throughout the course of this past week, um, whenever we took a look at we were talking about China on the marketplace, and this is from CNBC, uh, which I have on continually in my office. Um, in there, they kept talking about China, and they're all getting rid of their China stocks. And it has nothing to do with the profitability standpoint. It has to do with the fact that um, in many of the Chinese stocks, you're not owning the actual assets of the stock. So, for example, in America, um, if you own 100 shares of General Motors, Mike, you actually own General Motors. Right. Now, it may not be uh, impressive if you walk around and say, I own General Motors. People will probably look at you and think you're kind of nuts, but you actually are an owner. Well, yeah, just no Motors. difference from uh, the shareholders of, of the Green Bay Packers as well. It's the same Correct. concept. Yes. Well, it appears as though that a lot of the Chinese stocks that were out there are not quite that. Essentially, you're owning um, uh, whatever portion of the profit or the income um, are the assets for the company, but you don't own the assets of it. And so people are looking and saying, well, geez, if we don't actually own the company, what happens if the company goes broke? Do we get anything for it? And um, we're just owning a piece of it. And, uh, and America kind of tainted itself from that. There's a lot of investment uh, professionals in regards to money managers, that type of stuff, uh, that are getting out of owning Chinese stocks entirely. So this article goes through and talks about and saying, you know, how do we uh, play, you know, safe with China? Um, Chinese stocks are a bargain, and, and as what's happening is that a lot of these stocks are just dropping off in profit. Um, are they good to get into or not? I'm not really sure. Um, I like to have some bite and some ownership in something, which is one of the reasons I'm not a real big fan of a lot of the cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. um, uh, some 5,900 of them that are out there now. Um, so uh, with it, I don't like them because you're not actually holding something. It's a computer program. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Um, I want to have it that if I own a company and they go broke, I can go over and take a car. Well, I'm not sure if I can own that much stock, but you're owning onto something. There's something there that's a hard asset that you're right. owning uh, part of. And we're not seeing that inside a lot of the uh, uh, the Chinese stocks that are being sold in, the, in America or in American exchanges. We're not owning a piece of the asset. We're owning a piece of the uh, the money. Well, uh, how about a piece of the asset? I think it's a better idea. So we'll see how that unfolds throughout the course of the next several months with the uh, the Chinese stocks. Yeah, and and that's just exactly it. The way the way you're you're describing it there just doesn't make any sense at all to me. And I was just going to say this sounds a whole lot like uh, like Bitcoin or or a cryptocurrency or things like that. And uh, that's something that I would say uh, definitely uh, tread cautiously into if uh, if that is something that is on your radar. Mm-hmm. He is Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSA. You will be back with more after this. 8.51 on a Sunday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. We're looking at a daytime high of about 79 today. Again, a great weekend to get outside and enjoy the any uh, the bevy of events that are going on here in central Wisconsin. A lot of people coming into the region, and uh, when they leave, they are going to leave hundreds and hundreds of dollars behind with them, and that has been a welcome sight uh, for business mm-hmm. owners all over the place. Uh, we had a story this morning in the rotation on our news about the hotel industry and how this has been a breath of fresh air for them as well. And uh, speaking of uh, guys that are breathing fresh air right now, Merle Kelch is from the remote office in the uh, well, I guess we're halfway through Hodeg. I guess I don't know how fresh the air is right now. I suppose that depends on your uh, the people that are camping around you. Uh, Merle, have you ever won the uh, the cleanest campsite award at Hodeg? You know, I can honestly say the first time that I came here, the, one of the campsites we were on actually did win the cleanest campsite. So our, uh, our brother from another mother out here, Jesse, uh, uh, he won the cleanest campsite for us. And uh, so it was kind of nice. And uh, um, judging by the pictures I took and look outside, we're sure as heck not going to win today. <laughs> that's not going not going to be the case. All, you know, all the that all that matters is that you get it done before you leave. <laughs> well, exactly. And uh, so they were they're doing a cleanup crew this morning already. So uh, there's an article that's out here by Connor Smith it says meme stock analysts are throwing in the towel. You can't upgrade and downgrade every day. You know, so so many of the meme stocks uh, that are out there are companies that are near bankrupt or are going to buy, going to bankruptcy, and so you had hedge fund managers who were betting that the thing was going to go from uh, making up a dollar amount here for ease of uh, discussion here, folks. Yeah, maybe the stock was at ten dollars a share, but it was really worth about one, so guys would short it, so they made money when the the stock went down. Well, then some people got upset with that, and they went into uh, Robinhood and Reddit and, and uh, different types of posts and said, let's start buying it. And these guys that are shorting the stock, let's show them something. Well, you know, some of these stocks, as much as Game Stock, at one point in time was uh, was really had a calculation of a worth at some dollar fifty to $2 a share. Uh, maybe it was actually 3 at that point in time. It ran up to over 400 to $460 a share. And it just didn't make any sense because the company still didn't make any money. So what's happening now is companies are trying to, you know, uh, analysts are trying to say, well, what's the stock really worth? Is it worth where they're at? And they're going back and forth. And a lot of them said, we just, we're not going to take this argument anymore. So part of this article that I thought was interesting is so many people that are doing this and buying the stock don't know that any other stocks actually exist. I actually met somebody out here at Hodeg the other evening that was saying that he throws $100 inside of a Robinhood account and he buys some stock. He said, what stocks you're buying? Because, well, I was thinking about like 
AMC and the uh, the GameStop, and say, "Jeez, it's the only stock that's out." Yeah, they think it's out there, and they, they just read it on this article. So I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, but a lot of these guys, you know, I'm happy that they're in there investing. Uh, they're putting money away, and they're starting to look at the future and saying, yeah, I can make a few bucks. Um, uh, but they don't know all that's out there. Um, and uh, if Robinhood is getting people to start putting money when save, it's, it's doing the right thing. But, boy, people have to start looking around to uh, look at more companies that are out there to uh, to invest in, with the exception of the, you know, boy, maybe a dozen stocks that are out there we know the name of. Um, uh, but, you know, it's got to start someplace, I guess. Yeah, and you because you know every for every uh, Tesla or uh, something like that out there that's just kind of a well-known name right now, they had to start somewhere at okay. some point on the market like that. You can't uh, just you know say we're going after the big things like this. You do have to do your research and and find out just exactly what is the next industry that is about to pop. I mean, Netflix at one time was just. A novelty that you uh, you you got a DVD in the mail every couple yeah, of weeks yeah. or so every now and then. Now all of a sudden it's on nearly every TV that is sold preloaded sure. uh, at at a Best Buy or or something like that. So you do have to kind of get in there and do your research and know what is the next big industry to come up or what is the next big company yeah. that has uh, a great idea that's going to become uh, ubiquitous ubiquitous everywhere. You know, Netflix is such a uh, such an examination to watch of a, a company can dance on its feet and continue to keep reinnovating itself. Um, I I, remember, I love getting the, the video or the DVDs in the mail. So then they went through and doing stuff that was online, and now uh, they decided to create their own movies and their own series, and those have taken off and brought people to their uh, monthly uh, payment uh, uh, type of stuff. And and uh, what a, what a great business from that standpoint to watch how they have done that, how they've moved on their feet. I love seeing businesses that do that. He is Merle Kelch making financial sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. We do just have a couple of moments left on the show. Uh, Merle, I do want to get a kind of pick your brain on something here. Uh, last mm-hmm. week, we found out that uh, Jeff Bezos officially stepped down as Amazon as CEO. He will still have his fingerprints on the company uh, on the uh, on the board of directors, but he is not running the show right now, so to speak. Uh, you're speaking about companies that have uh, thought on their feet and innovated themselves. And I know at one point, Jeff Bezos's goal was to have a piece of every online transaction that took place. I don't know how close he is right now, but I'd say he's got to have his hands on a lot of those. Uh, is this going to have an impact on Amazon uh, going forward, or I guess even some even the tech stock sector going forward? Yeah, we'll have to see on what's going to happen with that. We look at when Bill Gates stepped out from Microsoft. Um, you know, it went out in the new CEO, and I can't think of his name at the moment. But uh, uh, when he took in there, the you know, Microsoft actually went up from there. Uh, not as dramatic because the company was just coming out new when when Bill Gates is at the helm. But um, I'm assuming they've been grooming somebody for a long period of time already. Even if we look at Warren Buffett with Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett is 90 years old. And we have to look at the reality of being 90 years old. Um, uh, and so is anybody going to uh, invest like Warren Buffett? Well, he's had guys he's been working with and training uh, to the point that so many of them have already retired that they have to keep bringing up more young guys. So something happens with Warren Buffett. Um, is Berkshire Hathaway going to continue on? Well, they continue on with the lessons of the people who founded them. Um, I think that uh, Amazon is going to be just fine in how they uh, continue on. I'm sure that's already been in place. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Amazon now with uh, with enough funding that they can start up uh, and spend $16 million or so on one of their uh, own 
movies and uh, to get that out to, to Prime Video. And, and that ongoing subscription rate has certainly uh, become something that has set a standard uh, not only in the internet industry, but in the business industry as well. Hy-V Grocery Store here in the Midwest even unleashing their own Hy-V Plus service that gives you free grocery delivery. You get clothing discounts through partnered uh, websites, and that's all for nine bucks a month. Set it and uh, and forget it. And maybe for some of yeah. these companies, they hope that you forget it. And uh, no matter whether you need it or not, you're giving them nine bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. I uh, throw the course of the year. Um, uh, once or twice a year, I'll go through and say, okay, where are all my monthly distributions coming out of my automatic ACHs, if you will? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I look at it and say, why did I ever buy that? I don't remember it at all. And so you started going through and canceling stuff. So periodically, I just do that just because there's so many of those that you don't remember, and it's four ninety nine or three ninety nine or whatever it might be. Uh, but all that stuff certainly adds up to, to be something real as you, you uh, go through time. Merle, uh, if people have any more questions and they want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, we will be in the office actually Monday afternoon, but uh, our office will be open Monday morning. And uh, you can stop in and visit us, 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street. Come on in, kick the tires, grab a cup of coffee, and Mary and Jeff will be in this morning. Um, you can give us a call locally at 715-849-3600 outside of the Wassa area at 866-355-5100 or find us online at kelchinassociates.com. Merle, always appreciate the time. We'll look forward to uh, to chatting with you again next week here on AM 550, right, FM 99.9 WSAU.